every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Light speed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Rhett Knackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen. If it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, and other things that you listen to or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. On today's episode, I am excited to bring on board my buddy Trent Vactor as we discuss our top 10 favorite Star Wars film score tracks. And in this episode, we're going to cover our honorable mentions as well as numbers 10 through 6. So let's get started. Well, I am thrilled to have on our first official episode of the podcast, my friend and buddy, Trent Vactor. Trent, could you please introduce yourself to the audience and why you're here to join me to discuss Star Wars? Oh, yeah, Brett. I'm very excited because Star Wars is something that goes way, way back. Um, I'm, uh, I, I can't think of a time when Star Wars was not a part of my life, and it's kind of blown up in the past couple of years. I, I kind of, you know, there was a point where I didn't think we were going to get any more Star Wars. We were just going to have to keep on watching the same ones over and over again. But then when the Disney Lucasfilm merger came, it was like, oh, this is all new Star Wars. It's all coming down the line. Um, so that just kind of reignited my passion for Star Wars. But yeah, I've just been a, a huge fan um, pretty much my entire life. And it actually resonates even deeper for me because my wife, who is also your friend, Brett, um, she, I guess the way we met was through Star Wars. So Star Wars kind of connected us just because the very first image I saw of her before I met her in person was her wearing a Darth Vader mask. And so that just kind of piqued my interest, my curiosity. And then we just, from there, we started talking about Star Wars. We, we watched Star Wars together and then um, just kind of, from there, we are now married, a uh, married couple who like Star Wars. So that is um, a, a huge thing, a huge part of my life that has been Star Wars. And the music of Star Wars in particular has been one of the soundtracks of my life. Um, so that is when you gave me that opportunity and said, hey, you know, I want to talk about Star Wars music. That's pretty much all you had to say. I was there from that moment on. So 
I'm very excited to be here. I'm very glad. And I just, um, I just, I mean, I, I look at my walls and I see Star Wars. I look at um, all of my music collection is, is there's a ton of John Williams. I actually saw John Williams perform in person um, a couple years ago and he did a, a lot of Star Wars music at that set. So just Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I'm just very glad to be here, Brett. Well, so glad to have you on. And yeah, yeah I couldn't think of anybody better to talk Star Wars music. And I'm interested in finding out, Trent, when did you, when you first started watching the films growing up, when did the, at what point did the music first stand out to you, um, whether within the film or perhaps independent of the, the movies themselves? Yeah, I want to say, you know, obviously the iconic theme of Star Wars is the first thing that you're introduced to when you start, sit down and watch the movie. And at that point, I think it was already part of pop culture when I was, you know, I, I wasn't there in 1977 when it was originally premiered, but just knowing about that, that iconic theme of Star Wars was the first thing that introduced me to the music of Star Wars. And then as I've grown older, I've started to pick up on a lot of the motifs and a lot of the deeper themes versus the, you know, just what are, what are the iconic popular themes. Um, and so those have started to have more impact and more meaning for me when I hear the music now in other places and, um, you know, just watching the films themselves. So it started with that initial theme of Star Wars, and then it just kind of grew from there. And, and I, I think that's a huge reason why John Williams is my favorite composer of all time, um, is the Star Wars catalog, um, you know, alongside his other brilliant work. But the Star Wars set in general is what kind of uh, makes John Williams my favorite composer. So, yeah, it's, it was, it's, 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 it grew from that initial theme, and then it just kind of went out from there. And then every time, you know, when I hear a certain character's theme, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love this. Yeah, there's, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It is such a vast catalog of music because you have all these films, but, and even more than that, a number of themes and cues, as we'll talk about over this recording, over this podcast, that really recur throughout the film. So whether it's the Force theme or yes. um, Leia's theme or others, and we'll talk about the both the no, more notable uh, tracks as well as perhaps some more um, subtle ones that don't immediately um, register to folks. Um, and yeah, I, I grew up on, on Star Wars too, perhaps not as um, pronounced as you, but I think my first exposure to Star Wars, and I think I talked about this um, on my little intro episode, was the notion of going to Disneyland um, in 96 and riding Star Tours. Yes. And I can't say I remember it extremely well, but what really resonated with me was, one, it was very thrilling, um, four-year-old kid on a on one of the Star Speeders, and, and the music um, being just very... Um, encapsulating and I was I was really transfixed um, to being in that galaxy far far away um, and then when the the films were the original trilogy uh, was re-released in 97 in theaters um, that's those that was the first time that I actually saw oh, A New Hope. Man. so yeah my uh, it, it goes 
back quite a ways away, but I actually didn't really get into Star Wars probably more until, I don't know, late elementary school years. Mm. Um, and then certainly with the prequels um, being released, um, then I was definitely really um, fixed on all things Star Wars. And certainly I didn't know a whole lot about film music back then, but I sure know what I liked. And certainly uh, the power of the Star Wars scores um, really um, kept me hooked. And I want to listen to it more and more. And I remember, you know, going to Target and getting the soundtrack for Revenge of the Sith and yeah. all that jazz. So um, needless to say, I, I love the music and I'm glad to be talking about it with you today. So I'm hoping before we get started and talking about our list um, and we'll get into that in just a few moments, we could maybe just focus for a few minutes on the composers of the Star Wars films. Now, if we were talking about this a mere three years ago, there would only be one name. It would be mm. John Williams. But we also have the likes of Michael Giacchino and John Powell through their work for Rogue One and Solo. Um, but I'm hoping we can maybe talk about our thoughts of um, these composers more generally and then um, their work for Star Wars. Yeah, and that's something that I've been interested in as well because as I think we talked about with the Disney merger and, and buying Lucasfilm and everything, as the Star Wars universe has started to expand as far as what stories they're telling, they, they've started to expand with what composers are um, creating music for it. And John Williams is also not going to be around forever, so... Um, just the the amount of music that he's already put out into the world has has been fantastic. But it will be interesting to see as it moves forward how each one of these new composers puts their stamp on it. Um, a lot of John Williams themes are kind of reused, you know, throughout Star Wars. And whenever someone new comes on, um, you see their interpretation, their their kind of hints at it, and um, then kind of what they're able to put on top of it. And Michael Giacchino has, has been one of my favorite composers for a while now um, through Pixar and then um, oh, sure. do a lot of his live action work as well. Um, but his work on Rogue One was um, something that I thought was very well done. And, and the one that really stands out to me, which also is my favorite scene in Rogue One um, is when uh, Darth Vader shows his full uh, prowess, and it, that's the one that has the, the most impact on me from, from Michael Giacchino. Um, but yeah, I think just kind of each person putting their own new spin or stamp on it um, has been interesting to me to watch, and I'm interested to see as it moves forward, as we go into The Mandalorian and some of the next films, J.J. Um, Abrams coming back for episode nine and, and um, I want to see what, what happens there. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that um, are coming down the pipeline that, and, and, and John Williams is coming back uh, with, um, you know, just kind of finishing off his um, star Wars, I think um, catalog, like you said, is going to be interesting as well. But yeah, a lot of these new composers are going to be very interesting to see how they, what they put into the world. And it's so interesting to think, too, that someone like Giacchino, who really came into prominence in the early 2000s for his work for Alias and Lost, yeah. um, broke into the 
into the film score scene with The Incredibles and so many other major hits. And then yeah. to be tapped for Rogue One, and I'm sure we'll talk about Rogue One music um, mm -hmm. shortly, but that was, he came into that late in the game. Um, he he whipped up that score in a very short period of time. I think um, Alexandre Desplat, um, who's has that classic um, Hollywood sound, he composed uh, Benjamin Bunn and others. He was originally slated, and then here comes Giacchino, and he made it rock. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. and then John Powell, um, I best know him for his work for uh, the Bourne films uh, with Matt Damon and yes. uh, those action. Um, packed uh, scenes and themes are very much uh, evidenced in in solo as well. So, um, and then yeah, who can forget how John Williams' uh, legacy and his influence is found really throughout Rogue One and Solo too. Yes. So, yes. Um, yeah. No, just three fantastic composers. So we're mm -hmm. gonna talk all about them. So as we get started, just a little bit of context of how we developed our lists. So when I reached out to to you, Trent, I, I basically said, you know, let's come up with our favorite Star Wars film score tracks. Now, the reason why I had said tracks at the time was because, you know, soundtracks themselves are so substantial. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's some clunky you know, clunky tracks in the mix and some standouts. So I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Let's center more on the individual tracks. But we're talking about 10 live action films. And really, um, four of those have just come out over the past uh, four years. So we <laughs> yeah. have a lot of music to try to sort through and determine, okay, which ones are standouts for us. Um, so, th so the goal here was for each of us to identify our top 10 favorites, as well as some honorable mentions. And as you'll hear uh, from me in just a moment, I could not um, just keep it to a couple honorable mentions. I, I have five. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, there's a lot to, lot to sort through. Um, we'll incorporate um, some cues from the uh, different tracks um, in the background that I'll put into this podcast uh, later. And uh, so we'll just go ahead and get started. Okay. So first, we're going to discuss our honorable mentions. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Trent, to first share, uh, which was one of your honorable mentions that didn't quite make the top 10. Yeah. And this kind of goes into the iconic themes that I was talking about, you know, with the, um, the things you think about when you think about Star Wars music. And it didn't quite make my list, but I, yeah, I wanted to make them honorable mentions. And they're kind of connected. Um, they're the cantina band music that plays in A New Hope. And there's two distinct versions of that cantina band. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of jazz music in general. And it feels just kind of like space jazz and it's just like very um just kind of especially with the second one the the cantina band number two um it's just very space groovy kind of um a jazz feeling to it so i, I really love that john williams you know even just going back to that original score in a new hope was kind of like playing around with okay what can we do in space and you know what's what's kind of a 
a jazzy theme that can uh, feel otherworldly. Um, and the the Cantina band, you know, it's iconic. Um, every time someone, you know, hears it, it's kind of a lot of times it's played for laughs when you hear it in other places. But um, it just it it immediately impacts you as soon as you get into the Cantina in A New Hope and the first, like, you know, okay, I, this cantina music, I know what's coming up. I know, um, after you've rewatched it millions of times. So I just, I love that both cantina themes, really. I I love both of them. Well, I think it's interesting too, that you talk about this because this is one of the few times in the star Wars films where there is music being played in the movies. Right. So I think we got a little bit of that in, uh, Force Awakens, um, when they meet oh, Maz, yeah. mm-hmm. and then in Solo, um, you have that like '70s era disco-like uh, uh, environment where um, uh, Han and Chewie yes. um, enter, and that's where he reunites with Kira. So it's so uh, rare for there to actually be music directly on mm-hmm. the screen, right? Yeah, and that <laughs> that that was really interesting to. Um be in that world of, and, and actually that's one of the, the great things about music, um, the way that it can kind of put you into the world of the characters. It's one of the best ways to kind of immerse you in that world and, and also do world building of, okay, what is this planet like, or what is this place like that they go to? This is the type of music that they play in, in this. So it's very good at setting the mood, the atmosphere, and then also kind of putting you in that place. So yeah, I think that's very interesting, like you said, because a lot of stuff in Star Wars, I guess you don't want it to feel dated. You want it to feel like, okay, this is, even though it's a galaxy a long time ago, uh, it still kind of has future aspects to it. And, and so um, you don't want it to be dated or you don't, you don't want it to um, not feel timeless. So that's also what's great about the music that John Williams uh, made all of his themes, but yeah, in particular, the, the cantina band, I can just kind of, I could hear that playing in the background of, of any, um, spaceport that I can go to. And what, and what's also cool about it is that it, it's one of the most playful cues from the films that I I always think about and how instantly catchy it is. It's like an earworm. And it makes me think that it's like, it's a small world. It has that very repetitive, um, a repetitive uh, piece that you just you just hear round and round and round again and again and again, and yeah. you just instantly smile. That's one of those ones that I've made my ringtone over the years, or I've made it like a when I get a text message and and you hear that and it's kind of like oh yeah, it instantly brings a smile to your face, and um, that's what you know. A lot of our music that we're going to talk about today what was the emotion and, and what was the feeling that it brings to us? And, and the cantina band is just kind of just joyful, playful feeling. Um, I have to add too, knowing how Disney loves integrating different properties into the theme parks. I think it's only a matter of time that after galaxy's edge opens, they're going to try to bring star Wars versions to some of the classic attractions. So I think it'd be great to have like a cantina band scene in it's a small world because yeah. it's just, it's a different world, yes. but it's no, I, I would be such a Disney pariah if I actually really wanted that to happen. <laughs> like nobody would, would want that oh, unless man. it was a separate attraction in itself. Oh man. 
I I I would stand in line for that. That would be great. Or or there could just be like a Star Wars Star Wars holiday special edition yeah. of the theme park attractions, yeah. but but not like the holiday special. <laughs> yeah. I but, could I could see that. Yes. Yeah. Well, my my first choice would be to see B Arthur as a version of <laughs> Madame Leota from the Haunted Mansion. Oh man, that would be great. Disney yeah. Star but Wars synergy is is fantastic reddit and i i love the way your mind works oh uh, hey she was with golden girls which was for the disney company so it is oh, a lot of man. synergy there they have some old recordings they can just project her into madame leota <laughs> so i think it's perfect oh. but i guess uh that's for that's for another episode right star wars <laughs> and the theme parks how to redo the attraction yeah but um with the music and book focus oh, but uh Let's turn it back over to you. What's what's another honorable mention on your list? Yeah, um, really the – I think we can um, – I, I hate to do like a cheat of both Cantina bands because like they are two separate themes and they have their own um, kind of feeling to them. And, and like I was saying, the, the second one in particular is more like jazzy. Um, so those were um, – really my the the ones that I didn't want to kind of include in my main um top ten, but I wanted to make them honorable mention. So I kind of put both of them as I, I did a little cheat. I put two both both of them on there, but I counted them as two separate um honorable mentions. So that was kind of my gotcha. the, Yeah, the Cantina band is my in general is my honorable mention. Okay. Well that's awesome. And you know I <laughs> I agree, and I think it's good that you included that on it, um, on your list, um, because um, you'll see that my list is a little bit different, um, at least for um, honorable mentions. And um, I really give you a lot of kudos, because you could just kind of keep it down to one, whereas I had some tough decisions to make, and I ultimately realized <laughs> I have to have five. So yeah. Um, so just to mention them um, briefly, um, and we can talk about the the films as well, which will re-enter at different points throughout our list. But one from mine is from Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and mm. the track is called Anakin's Betrayal. Yes. And it's perhaps one of the more uh, gloomiest and um, just nastiest themes from the standpoint of that. It essentially epitomizes his turn to the dark side, um, which we had seen being hinted at throughout, you know, Phantom Menace and certainly Attack of the Clones. And then it just comes out in full force, particularly uh, in this track. Um, It has a very somber tone. We have uh, the use of choir and string instruments. Um, It has a really epic, just dark tone. And... I consider it to be very haunting because of that subtext. Certainly um, on its own, if you just listen to this in an orchestra or some other venue, you think, wow, that's dark. But knowing that this complements Anakin's um, backstory of just gradually having those darker feelings and then essentially becoming um, eventually Darth Vader, it's it's chilling. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that was one of my favorite moments of Revenge of the Sith, which is my favorite prequel, by the way. Um, But, yeah, that haunting, like you said, that's a perfect descriptor for that 
um, that haunting choir and uh, that feeling and that mood uh, behind it is uh, is perfect, and it just captures the sadness of basically, you know, what he has to do or what he feels he has to do in order to um, get what he wants, basically kind of sacrifice these um, younglings and um, turn to the dark side just to save what he uh, treasures the most in the world. So that very powerful and very, um, very epic music. Yeah, and I think, too, obviously, you know, the, the prequels before Revenge of the Sith, so we're talking about Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, also had some darker elements. But, like, here we grew up with Anakin as a mm-hmm. as just this cute little moppet living on Tatooine, riding his pod racers. And then, we're as you're saying, we're seeing him kill kiddos. So <laughs> it's just, it's, it's disturbing. Yes. Um, but... And I think what's really nice, and and John Williams utilizes the choirs so nicely in the prequels because yeah. it just gives off this um, just epic vibe of like that there are such huge stakes here, and um, it just elevates the the material all the more. Yeah, man, and and we're going to talk about it in another one of um, one of our selections later. But yeah, the the way that the choir is utilized, you know, just, it's a great tool in John Williams' tool belt to, to, uh, pull out and kind of induce the type of feeling that, that we really want out of this one. And like we said, for Anakin's betrayal, it's kind of sadness and, um, kind of regret that, oh, we have to do this. Um, it's kind of, we knew him as a great man, but, um, he's, He's doing some not great things um, in this section. Um, so yeah, it was just on top of the epicness of that that uh, moment. It was just kind of fantastic to hear that music. Cool. And um, so let's let's shift over to another selection. I think it's worth uh, mentioning to the listeners that um, both Trent and I. Um, had shared our selections with one another, but we did not necessarily know where one another situated um, them. So um, there are going to be some overlaps, but there will also be some um, unique entries as well. Um, And one that I certainly had to include um, as an honorable mention, although it did not quite make the top 10, um, is from A New Hope. And the the selection is Ben Kenobi's death uh, slash Mm. TIE fighter attack. Um, so this is kind of a, a combined uh, track of sorts in that it spans several um, signature scenes from the original 1977 film, and it comes at the climax um, when we see the loss of Obi-Wan, or Ben Kenobi. Um, and we also hear, just a, very briefly, um, the return of the binary sunset cue yeah. um, that comes right when... Luke is coping um, and deal, dealing very briefly, and I emphasize briefly with his death because then you know th- then they're out, um, you know, <laughs> flying around the Death Star. Yeah. So, um, but our, our noble heroes, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie—they're fending off the pesky Tie Fighters uh, aboard the Millennium Falcon, and um, it's just—it's such a great action cue, particularly the latter half, that it 
it has the ba 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 yes and you know how can you how can you go wrong with that that signature star wars mm-hmm. um we hear those brass instruments out in full force and and you also hear elements of of this theme from the original star tours which i had mentioned earlier um yes. so n- no longer in the adventures continue but in the original iteration so um it was perhaps one of the best moments to translate from the silver screen to the actual ride so that's one that i had to um, recognize but ultimately i felt like they were stronger tracks than this mm. yes that is great selection there brett i love that 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 it's a great march um amongst the catalog of john williams marches um just kind of gets you kind of pumped up and say yeah let's go fight let's go let's go kill the umpire let's get him um so yeah that 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 one is one of my favorites as well um and i i really um i it's 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 always funny to kind of think about okay where do you draw that line of you know these are my favorites and these are the ones that they were almost my favorites but um i had to kind of leave them off the list whether it's you know our favorite movies of the year or our favorite songs of the year it's always kind of interesting where you kind of draw that line so I'm uh, I'm I'm interested to to hear your other honorable mentions. Sure. Well, uh, another honorable mention of mine uh, comes from Return of the Jedi, and it's a very playful cue. It, it's certainly one that wouldn't come right after the Anakin's betrayal <laughs> um, theme, um, but rather Parade of the Ewoks from <laughs> from Return of the Jedi. And uh, I can't say Return of the Jedi is in my top few Star Wars films, but I, I, I sure appreciate this theme. And there's a heavy reliance on woodwind instruments, and it has a nice little pitter-patter uh, sound at the opening that kind of makes you think in your head of each of the Ewoks taking one step, one step, and just the little movements of those cute little creatures. Um, and it has a bit of a hummable sound to it. Um, that eventually builds in that excitement and emotion. Um, And what's also nice about this track is that, at least what I like about it, is that it takes some unexpected turns because there's some unusual sounds and instruments um, being used in in different ways. And, but it still harkens back to that original Ewok melody. And it's, again, when we think of the Star Wars themes, the Ewoks, it doesn't come to mind immediately or even in people's top five but i think it's worth noting that it's a light and heroic type tone that just puts a smile on your face um, and it also makes me think of some of the music that was used in albeit more dramatic with um, john williams theme for uh, the olympics um, mm. back in the 80s there are some moments that i feel like have some parallels there yeah Definitely. Um, and that's, you know, it's always fun to hear John Williams music, kind of um, the signatures or, you know, what you kind of think of. Oh, yeah, I can pick that out. That's John Williams. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it has that kind of, like you said, the same kind of undertones. Um, but I also like that kind of fun. You know, you know, those creatures of the Ewoks and, you know, kind of what they're about and the little march that they have and, and kind of 
it feels like it's them on the flute almost. It's kind of like just these little guys um, they have this little sound, and they're on their way. They're marching. A lot of marches, like I was saying about John Williams, but uh, yeah, that it also it, it feels like it's perfect um, cue music when you're waiting in line um, for something at maybe Disney or, or some other place. But I feel like that's kind of like fun music to listen to while you're waiting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, two oh, and others. Actually, oh, go um, can I go right ahead? Uh, I am also a um, large video game fan, and there have been a couple of Star Wars video games. And in um, there's a game called Star Wars Battlefront Part Two. They play this song, the Parade of the Ewoks, when you're playing as an Ewok. So if you select a character and it's an Ewok, that that music starts playing. That's so cool. And I think that just really demonstrates how music can be utilized for so yeah. many different purposes and how specific. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, now I, now I need to play that game just for hearing it in that context. <laughs> or I could just go on YouTube and watch someone else play it, right? So Yeah. But um, two other honorable mentions, and then so we then can shift into our top 10. But um, another one comes from A New Hope, and I'll just mention it. Very briefly, it's the iconic th throne room theme, um, which uh, comes at the, of course, finale of A New Hope. And it just feels very magisterial. Um, it, it, I didn't quite put it on my list because I felt like I wanted to highlight some more obscure tunes. Um, but I think it really conveys a lot of excitement and, um, and sense of pride. Um, it just it feels like something you would hear at like a, a banquet or some just really impressive regal event and certainly that's reflected in the the, the scene itself oh yeah um, yeah go ahead oh yeah I was gonna say yeah, yeah. that was um, <laughs> I love that I I feel like a broken record I'm gonna say I love that on every single one of these but um, yeah that that uh, that regalness um, John Williams did a great job of capturing that in in the actual uh, piece itself. Absolutely. Um, and the last honorable mention that I have to share, it's very brief. It's only about two and a half minutes. It's from Solo, A Star Wars Story. So this is the first time um, that I'm going to be mentioning a different composer. So not John Williams, but rather uh, John Powell. And this track is called Lando's Closet. And you might be thinking to yourself, one, hopefully you've heard Solo, you've seen Solo. I, you'll, you'll see on my list, Trent, that I um, quite like Solo um, <laughs> for a number of reasons. And certainly it's music. Uh, I'd consider it the best score that I listened to in all of 2018. Oh, nice. But, but what I really appreciate about Lando's Closet, it comes at the um, time in the film when uh, Kira has Kira and Han have reunited. They're back. They're on the Millennium Falcon, um, so they end up navigating uh, the ship and they find Lando's closet. And it's this really sweet, um, almost old Hollywood style nice. um, theme where you're just you, there's a some use of the flutes and. It just kind of conveys this old epic romance, like that there's a sense of timelessness and nostalgia yeah. when, especially when they re reunite and kiss and kind of fall into all of Lando's robes. And um, it's just a, a perfect quirky set piece for 
um, the type of movie that this is, and certainly the the nature of their romance, which um, really stemmed from a, a much younger age, it feels like that it's a, a love letter. And when you listen mm-hmm. to this piece of music, it's like, wow, I, I'm transported to a 1930s, 1940s old classic romance film. Um, and I, I just absolutely love this theme. Yeah, and that's great, that kind of classic um, old Hollywood feel, because that's kind of what George Williams, I mean, sorry, George Williams, uh, George Lucas grew up on um, in the, the original um, kind of inspiration for Star Wars of those kind of serials, those matinees that he would go to, kind of old Hollywood, classic Hollywood. Um, so, yeah, that, that feel is really cool to get that from Lando's Closet. And what's what's funny, too, is that we we do have a love theme for Han with Leia that emerges mm-hmm. in Empire Strikes Back. But this, even though this film comes out, you know, almost 40 years later it it's technically earlier in the timeline so there's more of an innocence and purity to this love theme whereas i feel like the one with han and leia perhaps has a a a greater sense of maturity and depth to it Mm. um even though both are kind of sweeping um in their own respective ways so um so yeah give it up to to lando's closet (laughs) So let's uh, let's shift gears and actually get right into our top ten. So we'll, um, we'll again we know what selections were on one another's list, but we do not know where. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Trent, to first share your number ten Star Wars track. Yes. So for my number ten, I went with a kind of um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it, but. Um, it's a almost like a chase theme, um, kind of exhilarating um, space travel, um, all of those things. In The Empire Strikes Back, there is a scene, and in, in the piece of music that I selected is called The Asteroid Field. And I actually, when I was first watching the films, it, it wasn't one that resonated with me or stuck with me. Um, but later, during the uh, prequel era, when... Star Wars kind of um, th- that was another another period before the Disney one that I talked about earlier, where I you almost you almost thought you never would have another Star Wars thing. You know, after the original four, five, and six, you didn't think there was going to be any more episodes, and it was just going to exist. Actually, Brett, this is a period that um, I think this was right when you were starting uh, your Star Wars journey because you said you saw the the re-releases in the theater. That was kind of your first Star yeah. Wars experience. This was right before that, and I remember having that feeling of, oh, man, the only new Star Wars I'm ever going to get from this point on is the expanded universe, and um, which they've now kind of um, said, yeah, that doesn't count anymore. But it was basically just a series of authors coming in and, and saying, okay, this is what happens after Empire Strikes, or um, after Return of the Jedi. Sorry, this there's um, Luke kind of goes on, starts a Jedi Academy, starts training people. Han and uh, Leia have children, and then they start becoming, you know, tr- uh, having their own adventures. Um, but all of that expanded universe stuff was kind of like, oh, this is the only time I'm ever going to get this is either in books or in video games. 
And it was kind of a dark period uh, for me because I was like, oh, man, I'm just going to have these three movies and that's it. And uh, that, that back then, the holiday special was not easily attainable. So I, I didn't see the holiday special for many years later, but there wasn't a lot of television or uh, film that you could go to and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to get my Star Wars fix. So during that period of kind of um, after that, then the prequels came out and, and it was like, oh, yeah, now we got three more. Well, then that kind of ushered in a new uh, era of fandom and podcasting started around um, after episode three, around that time, um, podcast started to become a thing. And I was like, oh, what what topics can I listen to when I was deciding what podcast to listen to? Star Wars came up as one of the first things on my mind. Oh, I can listen to Star Wars. So there was a Star Wars podcast, and I, now I can't even remember the name of it, but it was a great podcast at that time for me. It was kind of giving you information on the, the original trilogy and then the uh, the prequel trilogy. But the guy who was the host, he used the asteroid field as kind of a bumper or kind of a transition between segments that he would talk about. And I just heard it over and over again. And I was like, whoa, what is that? And so that's what kind of sparked my love of that song. Like I said, originally in The Empire Strikes Back, it didn't really have, um, it didn't really take hold in my mind of, oh yeah, this is a great theme, but it's um, kind of the Millennium Falcon is is being chased and you got the the um, the, the newly um, christened uh, Imperial March kind of came in in Empire Strikes Back and you have that in the background of the Empire chasing them and then there's just this kind of, like I said, as I described earlier, kind of a thrilling chase sequence that happens and it's just that resonates with me now like oh this is a great uh piece of music so that's why i love the asteroid feel now what what a great selection i i love it too um it has that sense of peril but that there's also unparalleled excitement and just vigor and in it oh i love it great choice great (laughs) choice um i'm not sure how much more i can add uh, beyond that, but I, I totally uh, enjoy it, and I'm glad you picked it. Um, my number 10 is uh, from Return of the Jedi. Um, it is not another Ewok theme, um, <laughs> but rather it is Luke and Leia's theme. Oh. And what I like about this is that it has, uh, has a sense of quietness, and even... You know, as sick as it might sound, it has a bit of a romantic flair, but not mm. a romantic in terms of like, oh, they're going to fall in love, but that yeah. they, that they have love for one another because yeah. of that brother-sister dynamic. Um, and I think there are certain um, commonalities between this piece and also Landa's Closet, so the Han and Kira theme, mm. um, because there's that love and strong feeling associated with it, but it's um, it's from a different place um, and while it doesn't have a, a really catchy sound or flavor to it it there's a there is that sense of an epic flair um, particularly during the the late the latter part of the track and it just has that signature beautiful John Williams style to it um, it's not the there's nothing that I would say is terribly distinct about it because if you listen to Williams full body of work you will find, um, elements of this track um, in those and vice versa but it is a quintessential John Williams just lovely um, lovely piece Not, nothing more to say than lovely <laughs> yeah that's a great 
um, way to describe it as well. It's just kind of very, like you say, kind of sweet, innocent. Um, it captures that um, characteristic between their relationship. So especially, but you know, by the end of Return of the Jedi versus kind of how they meet in A New Hope. So yeah, that's it's very kind of you can picture Princess Leia or Carrie Fisher's face, and then kind of hear that song in the background, that Luke and Leia theme. So yeah, that's that's a really good one. Thanks. Yeah, no, definitely enjoy it. So how about your number nine? Yes. So I wanted to kind of, um, I guess, stick with another chase theme. Um, there's another, also coming from Empire Strikes Back, um, there's a, uh, a theme called Escape from Cloud City. And it's, you know, oh, the description uh. is kind of right in that title there. Um, it's the, the Cloud City uh, sequence of Empire Strikes Back uh, is is a really fun um, sequence of getting introduced to Lando and then um, finding out that there's kind of more people out in the galaxy um, that Han knows and, and just, which also kind of leads into what you like from Solo, um, kind of having more um, more pieces to play with and, and uh, the, the relationship between Han and, and Lando um, kind of stems from the introduction of Lando in Cloud City um, in the original. And, and it's just kind of um, Cloud City itself is just kind of a, a beautiful setting and backdrop. And this is also kind of the place where we get the I love you, I know, you know, um, kind of uh, that's where the the love of, of Han and Leia kind of really um, gets encapsulated the most. Um, Empire Strikes Back just kind of builds, 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 but in that Cloud City sequence is where you get that iconic line. Um, and this is also kind of where Luke kind of finds out some... Um, information and and there's a lot of stuff that going on in in the cloud city sequence john williams is just kind of a master at at um that thrilling exhilarating music um so i i really really like a lot of that um music that he puts out there so this is kind of another one on my list as well yeah such a such a great choice as well and you know what's interesting about this piece is that it's really really long mm -hmm. um i think it's maybe like eight nine minutes yeah. so there's a lot that's packed in here there's the force theme the imperial yeah. theme there's so much that it's just like a, a package deal of of different star wars um themes but also having some original elements of it too and this is also another one that um kind of was used in that what i was talking about earlier about kind of like a bumper or uh, transition sequence between um, in, in the podcast and it's perfect when you have these kind of um, and it's also kind of background music while kind of discussing things so I would have never thought you know listening to it as part of the movie and then listening to it on a podcast they're just kind of the the flexibility of it, um, it just kind of is great about John Williams work is like, Oh, you know, I can fit it here or I can fit it here, even though it was not intentioned, you know, specifically for a podcast kind of using it, um, in that context, just kind of, um, is, is fantastic. Just kind of the way you're able to, to be flexible with it. So 
Um, this one also, it has a specific part to it, just like with the previous one that I kind of always think of. Um, and this one is kind of like that, like that really um, encapsulates the whole thing. And like you said, it, it is a very long piece, but that specific sequence is what I really love about it. Great. Well, I think it's probably almost fate that my number nine, it's not, not uh, the same track, but it has some similar elements in that there's a lot packed in here. And so my number nine is from Last Jedi, and the track is The Rebellion is Reborn. What, what I love about this is that it, it combines a bunch of different themes. So you have Rose's theme, which is has a, a very sweeping and lovely and exciting feeling to it. And, and that's very much throughout the whole film. Rose's theme is all, splattered all over Last Jedi in, in all the best ways. But you mm -hmm. also get Luke and Rey's theme. And they have a, a kind of an interesting dynamic that we see evolve throughout the film. But um, these two themes are actually woven together in Rebellion is Reborn, among other um, pieces of music and it really symbolizes um, the reemergence of what seems to be a fallen group of individuals who don't have a lot of faith but mm. there but there is still um, that faith that um, you know that they can have their uh, a, a new journey so to speak yeah. um, and, and I absolutely lo love the music um, when with Luke and Ray and um, that the tension that is really uh, reflected in this piece where you have the horns and it's just so dramatic, it, it encapsulates what Star Wars is about where there's always a sense of um, combat and it's not always with, with weapons, but also just relationships and trying to understand other people's motives. So um, for those reasons and more, I really appreciate the rebellion is reborn. Very nice. Um, you know, the fact that you can select that and um, but actually um, Solo would be like the most recent. But um, if we kind of think about John Williams, the scope of his work or his career, and you say from in, in Star Wars in general, from 1977 up until um, 2017, you know, looking at that. How can he continue to create memorable themes that are unique as well as building on top of previous ones that he's already shown us to be brilliant? Um, it just kind of boggles my mind. So for you to select something from Last Jedi and also have something from New Hope on both of our lists is like just amazing to me. I, I think it's such a testament to, to how incredible John Williams is and um, and really that I think we have a lot of exciting things that we can expect from him in episode nine because yes. Last Jedi had some great new tracks and yes. and the fact that we got a, a great theme with Rose is um, really representative of that. So let's um, what's your number eight? My number eight selection um comes from a new hope and it is also another one of those kind of 
iconic pieces that you think of when you think of Star Wars. A lot of those came out of A New Hope. Um, and it's the very end sequence when everyone's getting their medals and Chewie gets left out. But um, it's the throne room kind of end title sequence of mm-hmm. A New Hope. Um, and man, th- there's so many great marches. I, I just It just c- continues to come up over and over again. But just this this march of like and it feels very regal um and i'm sure george lucas kind of you know said to john williams you know this is what i want this is the type of feeling that i want um to come out in this sequence but yeah it's just um it it's very hard to talk about like iconic stuff because you already have people's kind of set expectations or or things that they've kind of brought into it what new can i bring to it you know kind of when we discuss it but yeah really the throne room um or that kind of i guess like that metal sequence or that metal ceremony um when everyone's like oh yeah we've defeated the empire everything's wrapped up um if there isn't another movie after this one you know this can all be self-contained this was a happy ending we all went home happy right um so all of those things kind of encapsulate into this song and, and really uh, I, I love that kind of happy ending to it. Right. Well, and there's, there's that quintessential timelessness to it. And I, I always think of the parallels between, and if you want to look at them as kind of distinct brands, Star Wars and Disney, and now obviously Star Wars has been under the Disney fold, but how there's just such an epic and heroic feeling to it which is kind of akin to what you might hear in a totally different sense in a pirates of the caribbean or um or even some cues from some of the older disney films like a peter pan but Mm. um but it's interesting because um the throne room um theme uh was used back at i want to say it was the 2015 d23 expo and i remember Um, I, I wasn't in attendance, but um, through watching videos um, at, at, of yet yeah, that event, and when they base, basically what Disney does, they have like a little um, several minute video to, that just showcases all of their different properties and yes. products and things. And this was the piece of music that culminated oh. that video to show whether it be scenes from I don't know, modern family and things on ABC <laughs> to the to the theme parks, like everything exciting and awesome about Disney had this as the background. Oh wow. And I'm thinking how perfect. Yeah. Um, because it just it's uplifting. And mm-hmm. when we think of the Disney umbrella, I think that's a word that may often come to mind that it just not only puts a smile on your face, but it makes you feel revved up and excited oh so. for sure yes that's perfect and that's another one of those kind of repurposings that i was talking about the flexibility of john williams music being able to use it in multiple scenarios so yeah definitely if you want to get that feeling of oh yeah let's get pumped up let's go do it this is uh this that's a great one um so, yeah i obviously i i put as an honorable mention but i i very much appreciate it too um so <laughs> my number eight uh, we're going to head to the prequels, and it's uh, it's a piece of music that I appreciate for a number of reasons, and one of them is because it was one of the first pieces of Star Wars music that I played on the piano, 
and and the theme the piece of music is across the stars so this is another love theme um there are a bunch of them on on my list but this is for anakin and padme and it has a sense of urgency and uncertainty because that's essentially what their romance is they're not supposed to fall in love they shouldn't it's like a romantic spell that they're cast with and they just have to deal with it um there's an epicness to it and that their love is bigger than them um but then there are also some sweet and scary elements so when you Mm. have um the harp kind of toward the end where it's very slow and um there's an um it's i would say it's a bit ominous because you can tell that kind of like han and kira they're they're young people falling in love but uh, certainly in, in anakin and padme's case they they really shouldn't be because we ultimately know what's going to happen to anakin so there's a, a sense of uh urgency with this that I, I quite like, even though it's under this umbrella of just a sweeping John Williams love theme. So, yeah, I, I have to put it on my list. And that is the the main thing. When you say the word episode two to me, that's what I think of is that theme right there. I I can't think of um, something that better encapsulates that that feeling of episode two than that music right there. And that was also a lot of times when people um, would come to me and say, oh, the, the prequels are terrible. There's nothing good about the prequels at all. The very first thing I would say would be the music. I said, we got brand new John Williams music from the prequels and you know whether you like the the movies or not versus the originals is another story but i i find it very hard for someone to come to me and say that the music of the prequels was not great um and episode 2 in general like like i said that theme is the one that i think of whenever i think of um episode 2 yeah it's i mind you it's probably one of the the weakest films of all the Star Wars movies, and and perhaps some would say it is the weakest film. Mm. But in terms of you know, if you can separate the music from the from the movie and the, some of the storytelling issues, I think it epitomizes a, a love theme that you could like of all of the the different great love themes in Hollywood films, right? It's mm-hmm. just there's just a, a beauty and I would say pureness to it. But we know that there's obviously these dark elements, but um i think it's just classic oh yeah for sure um how about for you number seven we're at number seven now yeah um so number seven um and sticking with the prequels um episode three revenge of the sith um man i was gonna say it had some of my favorite music of the prequels, but then I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I really like episode one as well. So, um, yeah, episode three uh, is my favorite prequel of of all of them. And one of the things that kind of... in I think from here on out, the rest of my list, um, if I hadn't done it before, every single one of these tracks causes an extreme emotional reaction in me. And one of the ways that I know music is really getting to me or hitting me is 
I'll my, the hairs on my arm will start to stand up, and um, that feeling of like something special is happening. Um, for me, Battle of the Heroes from Revenge of the Sith is one of is is um, one of those ones that when I hear it, it just kind of energizes me and um, kind of makes me feel like something special is happening. And this is another, uh, this is not going to be the last time we mention this, but another use of the, the, um, um, the choir that John Williams used uh, throughout the prequels from episode one through three. But this one is, is kind of like epic is another descriptor of this one. It just feels like this is like the biggest battle of, of the whole series. And it's, Anakin and Obi-Wan. I, I feel like this is the best lightsaber fight of the entire um, Star Wars saga. And what's at stake between Anakin and Obi-Wan and then kind of what happens at the end and how that kind of, that's what really ends up putting a, a cap on Darth Vader. That's what kind of puts him in the suit. Um the, the background visuals of the lava planet and just everything happening on, on screen um, kind of adds to that epic feel. Um, so you're, you're getting you're, both of your senses, your sight and your sound is just kind of being overwhelmed in that sequence. It's one of my favorite sequences, one of my favorite themes of the entire um, saga and series, and it just kind of makes me it, this is one of those ones that when i would go to the gym and work out i would put this as part of my playlist to, to get excited to stay okay keep going keep going run more or lift more you know like just kind of just inspires me so this is uh one of my favorites battle of the heroes that's absolutely awesome i i love that track too um it yeah it has that peril is could be another another word for the track yes. it's a battle but it's just it's yes. perilous you know mm -hmm. because you're right there's the lava all over the place on mustafar and yes. they're just one step away from um from having a tragic uh tragic uh next steps and we we definitely see that happen so um so my number seven is a little bit more uplifting uh it's corellia chase from solo a star wars story so this is probably one of my favorite John Powell tracks now because it's purely fun. And I, I've listened to this a few times when I'm, um, when I'm driving at night and I feel like I could just race down the highway oh, to this. Yes. Not that I'm going to, don't wanna, <laughs> don't wanna break the law, but this is, it's so rousing and energizing. And this, this takes place specifically during the scene when Kira and Han are escaping to the spaceport. And it's just, it has that inc incredible just excitement and um, just raw fun. And one cue that I think of, when I compared this, when, when I was thinking of, okay, Brett, what other film score tracks remind me of Corellia Chase? One that comes to mind is from... Uh, the Disney animated film Treasure Planet. Mm. And that was by James Newton Howard. And in that film, um, there's an opening scene with Jim Hawkins on his solar surfer, which is kind of like a, a skateboard in space. And it's just an arousing action set piece. 
um, kind of akin to Corellia Chase, and there's um, some brass um, in it too. It just both of these have a very adventurous feel. Yes. Um, with um, some really nice percussion um, at the end. So I just love Corellia Chase. And John Powell is really good at adventure. I think adventure themes. Um, yeah, actually, earlier you kind of mentioned um, the Born series is, is is where you kind of got your John Powell kind of an introduction. Um, mine was actually um, How to Train Your Dragon. That was kind of the the first thing that made me stand out, stand out in my mind of oh, this is John Powell, um, and just that adventurous theme uh, comes out of the Corellia Chase, like you said. It's just kind of like exhilarating. Yeah, it's. It's something that I listen to extremely frequently now because it never gets old. It it's one of those good pieces of music to listen to. Not kind of like with you with um, Battle of Heroes when you're working out. Even just like going into the shower in the morning, getting ready for the day, it just uh-huh. it makes you feel pumped up. So yeah. Um, so yeah. How about for you? We're going to number six. Yes. Um, this I can also place in that exact same category of Battle of the Heroes, and not surprisingly, because it is also another one that uses that choir um, and gives you an exhilarating uh, feeling, also associated with another one of the best lightsaber duels of the saga, and I'm also talking about Duel of the Fates from Animals. Uh, awesome. That really encapsulated episode one for me, just like how I was saying about um, episode two and uh, Across the Stars, um, uh, Duel of the Fates is what I think of when I think of episode one. And when people tell me, you know, nothing good comes out of episode one or, you know, Jar Jar Binks, they want to mention that of being, oh, this is terrible. Duel of the Fates is the first thing I say, no, this is something fantastic that came. If we had never had the prequels, if we had never had episode one, we would have never heard Duel of the Fates. And... From the minute those first notes come in, that it just hits me. And and also, this is another one I could work out to and and kind of get my blood pumping and and going. Um, the the introduction of Darth Maul and and kind of his um, prowess and he's he had become one of my favorite characters from that just from that sequence alone. And so, Duel of the Fates is one that I always kind of. Um, go to when I want to kind of make myself feel exhilarated or, or kind of get pumped up. So um, that X, one of my favorites of all time, Duel of the Fates. Well, we're gonna kill two birds with one stone here because that, that is also my number six. Yeah! It's pulsating. It's panicking. You know, there's no good outcome. It's macabre. It's threatening. It is incredible. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, I, I think this is one too that I probably listen to while working out because it's yeah. just so heart pounding. Um, and, and what's also especially interesting is that you have this intensity, but then there are some moments that are quieter and yes. there's some subtlety with yes. the woodwinds, um, with the brass. So it's just, there's some nice contrast here, which I think it, again is very representative of Star Wars with these um you know the lights up the light and the dark the yes. dark side you have um these just opposites coincide um so beautifully in pieces like this mind you i would generally uh view this as a threatening 
dark piece, but that there is some quietness um, sprinkled in there. So yeah, and that is a very um, a very good point. There, there's that uh, variety that you get out of that. Um, but yeah, just oh man. But now I want to go work out now. Well, I think on that note, because we are um, we have shared our honorable mentions and ten through six. So we're gonna take a break, and I hope Trent, you can join me again as we discuss our top five Star Wars film score tracks. Yeah. So um, we'll listen to that next time on Notably Disney. Thanks again to Trent Vactor for joining me today, and he is going to be coming on again as we explore our top five favorite Star Wars film score tracks. That's next time on Notably Disney. In the meantime, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Reports. That's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N Reports and be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to notablydisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show, as well as suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney. <laughs>